Let me know when we're rolling. You're rolling. This is the Christian Humanist Podcast, where the questions get serious treatment, the hosts get put in their places, and the really good books get to have their say in the matter. Your hosts are Nathan Gilmore, Michael Farmer, and David Grubbs. Thanks for downloading another wonderful, I promise, episode of Christian Humanist Podcast. Uh, now, back when we were first thinking about doing this show, I suggested that we introduce ourselves as three Christian college professors. And today, folks, I can do that. Uh, I am very, very pleased to welcome Professor of English at Central Christian College, Mr. David Grubbs. David, how are you doing today? Well, um, with the exception of the fact that I appear to be allergic to Kansas, um, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Aren't we but, all a little bit allergic to Kansas, though? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm told it's actually kind of a common thing when you move to the area. They're like, oh, you've never been around wheat before, have you? They're like, well, I mean, except in cereal, not really. <laughs> um, yeah, so who knew this was a thing? But it's apparently it's a thing, and hopefully I will get over it. But other than that, pretty much splendid. And that is from Kansas, the country of wheat, and from Minnesota, the land of the ice and snow. We have <laughs> assistant professor of English, Mr. Michael Farmer. Michael, how are you doing this I'm morning? I'm pretty good. Right now it's the land of uh, unbelievable greenery because, as it turns out, when the snow melts at the end of the winter, it turns into rainwater, and that uh, that makes it very green. Well, also, if our listeners are wondering why my voice is about half an octave deeper than it used to be, it's because now we're recording first thing in the morning. So, <laughs> so no, I yeah. haven't. Uh, I have not suddenly matured, as you will see later. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> well, if this if this is the going to be the normal trend, we're going to have to do some kind of old man river trio or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, guys, on the website, uh, we've been getting good blog comments. Uh, we just, I believe, last night got a very complimentary com comment on our Facebook page uh, saying that they like the silly and serious tone of our show. Uh, so listeners keep writing in. I mean, are there any particular bits of feedback you guys want to point out and shout out this morning? Uh, just that we got... Uh a very large mention on Chris Gertz's version of a Lynx post last week, and they even had a big picture of our uh, our icon that made me... Uh... Yes, yes, we did. I And Dr. Gertz, we appreciate that, although I did post a comment saying that uh, the quietude of the blog that he mentioned might be a bit overblown. I was, after all, writing Bible posts every week. <laughs> 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 Not that I'm bitter. <laughs> no, that's just... Bit. It's just the Bible. Maybe yeah. the listeners assume yeah. that because that shows up every week, it is written by some sort of computer. That must be uh, that must be the case. Well, anyway, uh, I do want <laughs> a quick pitch for a project that I forgot to mention back in July. Uh, the Conservative Reformed Mafia, uh, which is a website I used to write for, and I'm still listed as one of the writers, although I haven't contributed as much this time around as I did last time. Uh, it's back online. You can find it at uh, crmafia.wordpress.com. Uh, the usual disclaimers that go with our online pitches go with this one. We don't necessarily agree with everything that happens on the conservative reformed mafia, uh, but it is a fine project. It comes out of a sort of Dallas Theological Seminary Calvinist background. Uh, it's a quality web project, so you ought to check it out. Guys, are there any, any other online projects that you want to pitch for this morning? Not that I can think of. Mm, my, my, my hunting down pitchworthy web projects time has been somewhat limited of late. Fair enough. <laughs> this is the first podcast of the fall semester of 2011. Uh, we're going to try to do as we've done in semesters before and give you an episode every week. 
We're going to keep trying to write good stuff, keep trying to record interesting conversations. And today, the topic of the day is the podcast itself. Uh, I always like to think that any episode that we record might be the first one that someone listens to, but for those who are relatively new to the show, this is the Christian Humanist Podcast. It started back in the fall of 2009, so we're in our, what is this, guys, fifth semester of recording? Right, right. Yeah. Seventh, if you count the two summer I don't. sessions. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's a number still within the range of my fingers, so I can tabulate it. There you go. We're going to go watership down on this. <laughs> So anyway, guys, the subject matter today, I've called it Welcome Back to the Podcast. And Michael, I want to start with you. I mean, I started listening to podcasts sometime in 2007, and I imagine you were probably listening to podcasts before I was. Uh, Tell our listeners, Michael, basically the short version of how we started making plans to do a podcast when we were both still in Athens, Georgia, what made you renew that interest once you were in Florida, and how I'm pretty sure you were the one who came up with the utter coup of recruiting David Grubbs, our <laughs> ringer, for this show. Tell the story of the Christian Humanist podcast, man. Well, you uh, first of all give me much too credit for too much credit for technological hipness. I started listening to podcasts in the fall of 2007, so odds are you were either listening before me or we started about the same time. Michael, I always give you all the credit for hipness. And and that is a sad commentary on the state of our podcast that I'm the hip one. <laughs> but like um the cool one. <laughs> but uh Sorry, right, you can take that one. I started I started listening to podcasts and this is kind of an embarrassing story because I wanted to hear the Adam Carolla radio show, which broadcast out of California and I wasn't home during the time you could listen online. So they, it turns out they did this thing called a podcast and I downloaded it and uh then I started downloading other ones, and you uh, turned me on to like the Scriptorium Daily and a couple other ones I don't think are around anymore. Uh, the- theology podcast. So at, at the time, you and I had uh, been kind of kicking around the idea of doing one, but we both had too many projects going on or whatnot. Uh, so then when I, I moved to Florida because my wife got into uh, Florida State University, and I, uh, I had nothing. I had no job. I had no academic community. I had... Uh, I just sat around all day, and so uh, it, it seemed like the right time to start a project like that, because it, uh, you know, it, it might give some sort of meaning to my pathetic existence in in Florida. So you can you can thank the uh, you can you can thank the sheer terribleness of Tallahassee, Florida, for creating the Christian Humanist Podcast. Thank or blame, depending on your perspective. Um. <laughs> I, I suggested getting grubs because I think three people having a conversation is more interesting than two people having a conversation. And I picked grubs because you and I, ha- you you actually had once made the comment that it's you, you can never tell what Christian college will do to you because you, me, and grubs uh, all went to Christian college and we all turned out fairly different and uh mm-hmm. when we were kicking around the idea of the the podcast I, I kept going back to that in my head and i said well that might make that might make for an interesting dynamic now an interesting bit of christian humanist podcast trivia is that you me and grubs had never as far as i know been in a room together with the exception of my wedding which doesn't count no <laughs> <laughs> because i was not really there uh, <laughs> We had never been in a room together until last fall, uh, uh, over a year after we started the podcast, uh, when I yeah. when I went up to Athens to take my um, my comps. So uh, in the same room at the same time, right? We, you you and, and I had been in a room together. Me and Grubbs had been in a room together. Me and Grubbs had had several long conversations, but all right. three of us had never been in a room at the same time. Right. <laughs> which, which I think is extraordinary because in. Um, in a in a funny kind of way, that means that our listeners get to go back and listen to our first real conversation, which True. would have been our first episode. Well, right. actually, that was the third draft of our first real conversation because of <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that story. Yeah, that, as it turns out, this podcasting stuff takes some learning. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we had recorded, and I'll go ahead and take the blame for this one. We recorded our first, our entire first episode, and we did it without notes of any kind. 
um, I was hosting, and I think I just said, "Here's the things we'll talk about," and I just kind of brought them up. Now, now, of course, we do rather detailed um, show notes, but at the, at the, anyway, so we did an entire episode, <laughs> and I was editing it, and I deleted the whole thing, <laughs> so I had to record it all over again. Oh, <laughs> that is the only time that's ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was no, learning I, to I, use the program, and you know, what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> right, right. That's that's when we discovered that notes are a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and and it was it ended up being a good thing. I deleted it because the the second version we came up with uh, was much better than the first one because we actually knew what we were talking about. But uh, <laughs> so listeners, yeah. if you go back and listen to episode one. It's gonna sound blocky and awkward. It it was worlds better than the first draft. No doubt. <laughs> well, I, I I remember trying sitting there so like, okay, what were the lines I thought were good? Uh-huh. Yeah. Pull those out again. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, David, as we were inventing this thing called the Christian Humanist Podcast, and as Michael just said, you know, we were monkeying with the format all the way through our first run of episodes, and I mean, we're still changing it, but. Uh, one of the things about our early episodes is that a lot of them are what I'd call curator episodes, where each of us brought forth and discussed some interesting moments where literate culture kind of intersected with anything from the Church Fathers to Plato to literary criticism. And I mean, they're good episodes, and I mean, we still do curator episodes. We haven't strayed away uh, from those kinds of episodes for a very long time. Uh, just thinking over the course of our, our four-semester run, David, I... I want to hear from you, and then I want to hear from Michael. When you think of our episodes, which curator episode has been one of your favorites, and why has it been such a good one? Mm. <sighs> I pulled up, you know, just kind of the the list of files and kind of scrolled through it, and it's like, oh, it's hard to pick a favorite. But I think I could put. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think I decided on uh, the Hell episode. Ooh, yeah. Um, Literary Hill, episode 10, um, we, we weren't that far out the gate when, when we did that one, but, uh, that was a cool episode. I, I enjoyed doing it. Um, uh-huh. and I think we, we each got to, uh, I mean, the, the, one of the things that the curator episodes do is kind of, is kind of show that each of us in our own little bailiwick, um, have many treasures that, that, that often people don't know about and um i think that was a good one for for just kind of showing the uh for for giving us all a chance to to show our wares so to speak um the just the diversity of the the kinds of things that we talked about and covered in that episode also starting off with hell's bells um which uh, (laughs) yeah yeah when when i I played that one for my wife, and the intro started up again, and I'd forgotten. That intro may be my favorite ever. Yeah, that <laughs> that was pretty sweet. Um, oh, gotta say, but but yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that's that's not the most uh, deep answer for why that was that was my favorite, but you know, I I, I think it was. I think we all had something something good to say. A lot of times these curator episodes end up being lopsided because they're, they're either focused on a topic that wasn't cool until the 1600s or something that stopped being cool after the 1800s. You know, but anyway, yeah. How about you, Michael? I've got a couple, and one is one I did, and one is one somebody else did. And I, before we get there, I want to say that there's a blowhardy thing authors and musicians sometimes say, which is... Uh, I couldn't possibly choose between my songs that are like my children, man. Uh, <laughs> I do not feel that way about the podcast. I think we have some yeah, good episodes neither. and it's some truly terrible episodes that I would never want to are children, then I'm going to send some to the orphanage. That's right. You're going to pull a John Jack <laughs> Rousseau. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> I uh, I really love the one I did, and I'll go with that one first so we end, uh, we end with an act of humility. Uh I I, uh, I really love the literary criticism episode that ended our first spring semester. Oh yeah. Um, mostly because I felt like we were all on our game, and by the same token, I uh, I really love the Plato episode that you curated last fall. 
Uh-huh. Um, I, I, again, I just thought that w- that was an episode where we were all... F- one of the one of the interesting things about this podcast is that the three of us don't have that much in common intellectually, mm. um, and so it can be difficult to come up with topics uh, that we can all talk about. So I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I know that sometimes when one of you will send me the show notes, I'll look at the questions and think, how on earth am I supposed to say anything about that? <laughs> because I've been tossed a bone because the, the subject is not one that really intersects with what I do. Um, right. The Plato episode was one where I felt like we all c- could approach it and we all had something interesting to say. So I, I really enjoyed that episode uh, and, the, and the literary criticism one probably for, for similar reasons. Yeah, because Plato's got his sticky fingers on everything, you know. So. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, for my money, I, th- I think the friendship episode that Michael moderated was one of the more interesting ones we did, just because that is a a dynamic that's always been present in civilized culture and always been written about. So, I mean, we really did get to explore some really interesting differences, some really interesting, com- uh, you know, common threads. Uh, you know, got to... I, 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 I was channeling my inner trip fuller at, at moments during that episode, unfortunately, because I started doing <laughs> strange things in falsetto. But, uh, you know, I, I you now, know, anybody I, sing friends are friends forever. If the Lord is the Lord of them. I believe I that at, at the very least that was mentioned. I, I would yeah. hope so. <laughs> if not, I, I really feel like we screwed the pooch on that one. But, <laughs> if I might continue, Michael, I think we had a really good, discussion of the characters david and jonathan and mm, honestly, yeah. i think that given the polarizing nature of that relationship especially given you know current questions of human relationships sexuality the nature of ancient friendship and modern friendship we had a really nuanced and civilized discussion of that passage and i think that that's you know something worth listening to not to well, actually, David was moderating, so I'll toot Michael's. No, Michael was the I, moderator. That was, yeah, it was mine. We stole it from uh, Kenley's, I believe, as we steal so many of our episode topics. <laughs> well, we don't have to tell our listeners that, Michael. This is, a, well, this, I, is a, this is our inside baseball episode. Aren't we supposed to tell the secrets? Aren't, yeah. aren't we supposed to pretend like this is behind the music? Well, oh, this, offstage, this, things were falling fun. apart. <laughs> the only other... Ep- Podcasts I've podcast I've ever really listened to is Christ the Center, and I've never stolen any of their topics. I don't know how we could. Their topics are so incredibly specific and reformed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Van, Til- Van Til's view of second marriage. I don't know how they get an hour out of topics like that, but I know they right? manage to though, and and somehow they always manage to blame NT Wright for the world's problems. NT Wright in the PC USA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But at any rate, I wanted to before uh, we move on to the next question, Nathan. I wanted to chip chip in and say that our our listeners seem to think that our very first episode is our best because that is the one that has been downloaded the most times. Well, does that mean it's the best, or does that mean people want to get an it, idea of what the show's about before they go into other stuff? That would be my guess, but it it is number one, and, and interestingly, because for a long time, episode five, New Calvinism versus Emergent, was number one. I mean, from, mm-hmm. for, from the from from the time that episode was recorded, essentially, that was our that was our most popular episode. But it looks like what is Christian humanism has surpassed it. And I wish people would not listen to those two because they are not two of my favorites. <laughs> no, they're really not two of our best episodes. We, we were still I, getting I our legs. Know. I don't know. I think the I think the first one still holds up. Okay, I mean, you know, given the fact that. The first yeah. one holds up about yeah. as well as the pilot to any given television show holds up after you've seen four seasons of of the television yeah, that, show. That's not a bad oh. analogy. That's not a bad yeah. analogy. <laughs> yeah, I watched the, uh, well, Katie periodically gets out her Friends DVDs, and uh, and so she'll she'll pull out the, the Friends pilot. And I'm like, man, this writing oh, yeah. is so clunky, and these, char- right. these actors are so wooden. Uh-huh. <laughs> We saw the pilot to Futurama on TV the other day, and I mean, it, it was like they the the voices aren't right, the the writing is weird. They haven't they haven't yet figured out the sorts of jokes they're going to make. I, I feel that way about our first episode as well. <laughs> it, yeah. It's more Futurama than Cheers, anyway, because the the Cheers pilot. Go back and watch that is as good as any episode of Cheers. Yeah, I'll be. Well, given the fact that it was pretty much 
our second draft of our first conversation ever. Yeah, I think I can. True. I think I can throw us a bone on that one. It's true. Well, anyway, Michael, you know, every semester, and I still can't call them seasons. Sorry, CWC people. Uh, we've done a trio of episodes that ran with some kind of common topic, and it's kind of been fun because each of the trios. I think each of us has proposed one. Uh, but even mm. if not, I mean, each of us gets one of the episodes of any given trio. It's kind of fun to see how we frame things up differently. Uh, Michael, I mean, what have been what have been in your mind some of the high points of those trilogies, and uh, what kind of trilogy should our listeners await in the fall of 2011? I thought our first one was our best, which is not to say I don't like the other two, but our first one, of course, was um, the the three types of movies: drama, comedy, epic. Um, and that, was that your idea, Grubs? I think it was your idea. Um, I honestly don't remember. It's so it's so general. It could have been any of us. Right, right. It doesn't it doesn't have fingerprints on it. The nice thing about that particular triptych is that it broke down very neatly based on what we do. Like nobody but Grubs was going to take epic. It just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> nobody but me was going to take comedy. I mean, I guess Nathan might have, but. Um, you know, it made sense the ones we picked and we were able to run with them. Um, I thought the music ones last fall were pretty good, except that they got interrupted by timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so they they never felt as cohesive to me as the as the movies ones did. And then we, we should say something about our bizarre triptych of Richard Weaver episodes in the spring, which... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that I, has my fingerprints on it. <laughs> yeah, obviously, that was that was Gilmore's, and and I enjoyed doing them. But it was a, those were, and I'll go ahead and say those those are some of our lower ranked episodes, um, <laughs> because I suspect because they're so specialized. But I uh, I thought we were able to use those essays as jumping off points um, without without really focusing that all that much on on Richard Weaver himself. So if you if you if you saw those episodes and you thought they might be boring, you might want to go give them another chance. They might be better than you thought. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 looking uh I'm looking at our stats right now and it looks like The Phaedrus and the Nature of Rhetoric 318 people have downloaded it. So I mean it's not like nobody listened to it, but it's Uh-huh. It's low ranked for the for the, for for the position in uh, chronologically it, it inhabits. Now, this fall, I think we're I think we agreed that our triptych is going to be on the three great Greek tra- tragedians, um, Aeschylus, Sophocles, and Euripides. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yes. And I don't know who you guys are taking, but I called Euripides. So right. You, uh, I mean, we don't have to work it out on the air right now, David, but if you want to claim one, I'll take whoever remains. Or you'll pull a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I know a great deal less about Greek drama than both of you, but Antigone, that's... Uh, Sophocles. Yeah, it's Sophocles. That's... All right, I've got, I've got Aeschylus then. Well, yeah. All right. So, so our listeners have that to look forward to. And by the way, this is mostly how the triptych claiming goes. I don't think we've ever had an argument about who has what. Greek, no, Greek, yeah. <laughs> Greek drama, divvied up live. <laughs> <laughs> See, folks, this is how the podcast gets made. Yeah. Uh, I mean, David, do you want to say anything about our, our trilogies that we've had? Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the music trilogy. I, uh, I think it, I think it ended, ended up with some really good discussion. Um, it was interrupted. You're right, Michael. Right. Um, but I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this, Michael, but in the, uh, in the movie or in the movie, uh, trilogy, only you and I were there for the comedy episode. We were. That's right, because Gilmore had his kids were sick, or he couldn't get to school, or he was yeah. off smoking yeah. weed. Whatever it was uh, that kept kids were sick. <laughs> <laughs> I must be thinking of a different episode for that other explanation. Uh, notification. Yeah, read... That was a joke. Uh, yeah. In notification. I don't think we All would right. do that again. I, I think if one of us was missing, we probably wouldn't do the triptych episode because we. Wasn't right. that wasn't fact, that the issue with 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 our one of our uh, one of our music ones in the fall? Yeah, yeah. I, I was scheduled to moderate the uh, classical music episode, mm-hmm. and again, one of my kids got sick because, folks, right. that's what happens when you got little kids. Uh, and you know, I think you all did a follow up conversation on church music rather than move on to that episode. So, yeah. Right. I, 
And incidentally, that church music episode, I think, got the most heated feedback of any of our episodes. Yes. And in fact, both of those episodes, Church Music and Church Music Revisited, are, are fairly high for a, for an episode that recent. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry to keep referring back to the stats. I just have them open in front of me. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I've got nothing against statisticians. Well, anyway, David, uh, it's fighting time. Uh, there have been some episodes where we put on our gloves and we've squared up and we've thrown some punches. Uh, or, you know, we've disagreed on how to answer some important questions. One of the, two. <laughs> uh, now it began early when I started to show my mad dog nature, uh, with the Calvin <laughs> episode. Uh, but the one that people always seem to write about when they write nice things about our show. And by the way, we love when people write nice things about our show, yes, we uh, do. but they, but they always seem to write about the Judas episode. But I mean, those two haven't been our only fights. Uh, what, fight or what fights do you david remember most vividly and why do you think it's important for a show like ours to keep fighting on air when there's a fight to fight or do you want to contest strongly that we should even be fighting well i'm definitely i'm definitely not going to do the latter um right, if you did, be fighting yeah, yeah yes <laughs> i would be fighting you about the worth of yeah anyway um oh let's see fights i remember vividly um First thing I thought about when this this question is is actually something that we generally say in conversation after an episode gets recorded and after it gets edited, and we go back and listen. And for whatever reason, it always felt more like a fight in the conversation than it sounded mm-hmm. in the episode. Um, you know, for for whatever reason, uh, and and this is you know this is improved over time, for, at least for me anyway. But uh, I, I initially I would get very very tense and and dread those moments. But then when I listened to the recording of it later, I was like, you know, that doesn't actually sound like a fight. <laughs> it sounds like a discussion in which you know people actually brought up point and counterpoint and sounded serious about what they were talking about you but reasoning yes dialectic <laughs> Amazing. Um, i know i know I, I, it doesn't really sound like we're that close to you know pulling knives on each other or something <laughs> you and i have um, gotten into much bigger fights in real life david than any we've ever gotten into on a podcast oh i know right um well i mean the closest the closest thing that we've ever gotten to that was uh oh the uh nationalism well, nationalism or the Tannen House episode is it Tannen yeah. House? It's it's always politics because that's where that's where probably the three of us differ most. Uh, yeah, most I keep wanting to say Tannenbaum, but that's not right. No, it's it's Tannen House. <laughs> okay, you know, um, and po- oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and that for whatever that always makes me think of Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, most things make you think of Ernest Saves Christmas. Oh, okay. But yeah, when he did his version of it is just oh Christmas tree, 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 oh Christmas tree. Anyway, yeah. And um, and, and all our listeners were just treated to the uh, rare sound of David Grubb singing uh, into a microphone. Enjoy. Yeah. Yes, lacking his two turntables and uh, um, let's see, that was an obscure reference. Oh, um, I got it. I can make obscure references. I'm good like that. Um, yeah, I, but I think I, I think the, the the fights. You know, I, I I remember I remember them. I remember how heated I felt at the time. But I'm always proud of us um, when I go back. Then you know, gosh, we're we're actually civil and and sound like human beings, not like you know, mad well mad dogs. You know, where where they went on sound rabid. Um, the, the moral of the story seems to be that if you want to hear us fight, the thing to do is look for our uh, political episode every semester. And we only do one political episode every semester, specifically so we don't spend all our time fighting. Well, and I always, always dread it. But then <laughs> you, you after, do, yeah. And then after it's done, I'm like, oh, well, that was kind of cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but why is it important to keep fighting? Um, well, I could be... I could be uh, 
a good site. Uh, oh, what is that bit? I think it's from one of the uh, maybe First Corinthians, something like that, where Paul says, "Well, there must be disputes or among you, so that uh, the, those who are right can be shown to be right." But that would be snark um, if I cited that. Uh, instead, I'm going to go all proverbs and pull out the. Uh, as iron sharpens iron, uh, so a man sharpens his friend. And I think that's one of the things that good argument can do, and one of the reasons why I think we should keep fighting in the way that we fight, because, uh, that, well, there's a way to fight that's like, I don't know, like beating a knife against a stone, and you just dull it. But there's also a way in which you can take take the edge at an angle and you, when you do it right, you end up sharper at the end of it. Um, not, not dulled. Um, and, uh, I, I definitely feel sharper after four, uh, four semesters of, of doing this show, four semesters of discussions and occasional arguments. Um, and for that, I think it's definitely a worthwhile thing to do. And the the tension that I feel inside of me um, going into it is not a good enough reason to back out of those kinds of situations. Right. I'll point out we yeah. fight far more, although we don't fight a lot. We fight far more than other shows kind of in our format. We fight more than the Scriptorium people. We fight more than, certainly more than Christ the Center. We, um, and I, I think it's because we don't share a ideological background, either politically or really theologically. I mean, I, we can all sign off on the major creeds, I know, but uh, you know, we're, we're all fairly different theologically. So we 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 have le- we have less in common than a lot of shows. Uh, we don't have a unified viewpoint to present. Right. I'm going to make a point about that later on, actually. So. Oh, you know. good. I see. I teased yeah. it. And, you know, speaking specifically <laughs> to the Judas episode, you know, I actually moderated that one, and I actually wrote it thinking it was going to be your standard curator episode. Uh, but you know, you went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. You know, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that was one of our more interesting ones because at the end there was no consensus between. David Michael on one side and me on the other side. And that was all right because Mm -hmm. over the course of things, we didn't simply state that a disagreement existed, but we actually did the work of disclosing the questions that were one step back and even two step backs two two steps back, pardon me, uh, from what seems to be on the surface, the core of our disagreement. And I think that that act of disclosing the more complex character of the disagreements is one of the great things about, you know, those fistfight episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I think what David is saying is absolutely right, that, you know, if we went about it in a different way, if we just said a disagreement exists and then we walked away from it, or if we went in with fist swinging and, you know, uh, turned it into, you know, identifying each other's psychological deficiencies... Uh, you know, I don't think that those episodes would do the good work that they do, but I mean, I'll, I'll agree with David. I mean, I think that one of the things that our show does really well is we disagree intelligently. And I think that, you know, we're not by any means exemplary on all fields. You know, certainly if you believe that people ought to talk about what they know about, then (laughs) (laughs) our fingers and all kinds of pies, but. Uh, when it comes to ways that we disagree, I think we do that well. Yes. I, I also wonder how many of our listeners are hearing us now have listened to our other episodes and say, when did they ever fight? Because our fights are fairly low-key. They are, they are. Yeah, yeah. if you want to know if a fight happened, ask the people involved, because they know. But, sometimes it's not obvious. When people write things about our show... What they always point out is that we come from a diverse intellectual span of backgrounds, mm-hmm. and yet we still have good conversations. Right. And you're right. I mean, you know, on, on one side, you know, Christ the Center, on the other side, Homebrew Christianity, you know, just to take two other self identified Christian podcasts, you know, the reason that they don't fight all that much is because they do come from very similar intellectual backgrounds. Mm hmm. 
And I mean, that's just not the case with ours, I don't think. And of course, you know, I, I might, to some of our listeners, sound like the Price the Center guys congratulating themselves because they've got an OPC guy and a PCA guy on their show. But <laughs> The Faithful Remnant. <laughs> what now? The Faithful Remnant. That's right. Well, yeah. Well, as, as I think has been said before on some other episode, um, the kinds of differences that really seem important from inside a community, whether it's Christianity or English departments or whatever, yeah. um, don't sound that important to people who are sitting entirely outside of them, like math majors or atheists. Right. right. We, we don't have an atheist on the podcast. We don't have, we don't have a math but We don't even have a historian. <laughs> you, you know, we're, we're, we've all been trained in English, and then some of us right. have been trained in, in other things as well. So I, I'm sure it's, it's funny to hear us uh, bragging about how different we are when, in fact, we... I'm not talking about our formal training. I'm talking about our intellectual starting points. Right. Well, true that. You, you, can, you can sniff at me all you want, Farmer, but I think that there are differences there. No, no, I... I <laughs> oh, I, oh, I, oh, I'm oh, the yeah, one who oh. said there were differences there. I, I, ain't, I'm just, I ain't denying it. <laughs> I'm just inhabiting an imaginary listener who is making fun of us right now. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of creepy. Fine. Do you, do you inhabit well, anyway, Michael, so that we can get off of this and so we don't start another fight. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Something that got ramped up after the podcast had a few episodes uh, was the Christian Humanist blog, and it's a project that we've been pitching at the beginning of our episodes for a while now. Now, personally, I like having the Christian Humans blog there better than trying to maintain my own blog. Uh, Michael, I mean, what's your experience with the Christian Humanist blog been? And on balance, is it more fun or more pain than trying to maintain your own online textual presence? Much less pain. um, Because you you just don't have to write as much. Uh, When I was working on Ladder on Wheels, I think I wrote... I I tried to write two to three entries a week. Um which I, I don't know how I possibly kept that up for as long as I did. The Christian Humanist blog, uh, as David will tell you, you can disappear for weeks at a time and nobody thinks <laughs> ill of you. Exactly. <laughs> and as I did all summer. Um, so I, I like that part. The other nice thing is I'm not tempted to write too much about myself, which I, I had personal blogs before I had Ladder on Wheels and obviously before I had the joint blog we all post on. And, and so when I sit down in front of the blog, my temptation is always to write what happened to me that day. And, and that temptation just doesn't exist with the Christian <laughs> Humanist blog. So I, I'm thankful for that. On the other hand... I don't know. Uh, Captain Thin might you know really want to know what happened to you today. There is one personal post I wrote because I, it was my turn to write and I didn't have anything. So if, uh, if anybody wants to go find that, they're certainly welcome to. I'm still pretty proud of it. It's about how much I, uh, how hard it was for me living in Tallahassee. I wrote it back at the very beginning of the blog. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, on, on the other hand, there's the issue of the degree to which we're all held accountable for everything that's written on the blog. So sometimes Nathan in particular will write something that makes me <laughs> nervous about having my name attached to. And in fact, when I interviewed at Crown, I forget the post, but somebody brought up some... P- recent post on the blog that was controversial and i had to say i didn't write that in fact nathan wrote that so uh you almost cost me my job nathan oh no, no it, it wasn't it wasn't any, that story see now i feel bad I, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't anything like that it, it was it was just uh, you know kind of a raised eyebrow more than anything else and once i once i explained that it wasn't you know we all we all write on it and uh we, we don't all we don't agree on everything uh, there, there was no problem at all, so I don't want to make you feel better or, or keep you from writing controversial content. Um, but for the most part, yes, I um, I much prefer writing on this group blog than uh, r- writing on my own. Although your productivity, Nathan, embarrasses me. <laughs> <laughs> David, how about you? I mean, what do you think of the old CHB? Dude. Um, <laughs> as the uh, most notorious blog slacker. Um, of the Christian humanists. Um, I, I will say in, in a, a, a lame attempt to defend myself, I was never really very good at blogging before this either. You mostly, um, on your old blog, you mostly put links to other articles and had like a paragraph of commentary. Is that right, David? Yeah, or I'd post like a video of a squirrel doing something funny or whatever. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> 
it not serious not serious at all um i don't know so it's it's not like you know i changed my ways it's it's one of those things that you think oh i'm in this new context of my life suddenly i'm going to become more productive or more whatever no not really you're just you in a different place um the ch- the change has not yet occurred um i'm i'm proud of some of the stuff that i've written for the blog i th- i think um i think i've i've written some good things for it i i i'm just you know i'm just not as productive. I, I always have more uh, more that I intend to do than than I actually do, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Nathan is the only person whose intentions and uh, reality line up pretty closely as far as the blog goes. Well, yeah. I don't know what his intentions are. <laughs> Na- Nathan, my intentions and Nathan's reality line up pretty well. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I, I well, will say about the blog, Michael, I mean, especially the controversial posts, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things I try to do is to write in the spirit of what I heard from John Mark Reynolds uh, when when they released the podcast version of the 2008 God Blog Con. And, and one of the things that I remember very distinctly uh, is that he encouraged online writers to be reflective, to be slow about things, uh, to explore the depths of a question rather than trying to keep up on the cutting edge of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for that reason, you know, I mean, when I have taken on those controversial topics and I do, you know, cause I, I find them interesting. I always try to wait at least seven days after they have exploded on Facebook. And that's right. sort of a barometer, you know, I mean, cause for instance, my controversial series this summer, uh, that, you know, I, I actually cross-posted on the conservative reform mafia, and it's funny because the the part of that post to the liberals got the most comments on ours. The part of that post to the conservatives got scads of comments over there. Uh, so, in other words, I offended everybody, which is Yay. one of the things I try to do <laughs> because of this deep-seated fear that sometimes someone might like me. Uh, what? Let's <laughs> <laughs> <But> I... <laughs> well, yeah, you know that that's that's the way it is with you radical reformers. If everybody starts <laughs> liking you, you suspect ah, I'm probably yeah, straight. Yeah, I, then I become mainstream, and I have to go find something else obscure. Anyway, that's what, but that's I, what it's like for you liberal fundamentalists. <laughs> what Michael refers to there is the names that I've been called on Facebook. Uh, within the same week, I've been called a socialist and a fundamentalist. So nice. But at any rate, back to back to John Mark Reynolds, I mean, one of the things I try to do is to resist the urge to throw a hot topic up on the blog so that we get lots of hits without thinking hard about it first. Because, I mean, I want to say something good about the topic at hand, not just say something. And, I mean, I think that, you know, a group blog really does allow all three of us the luxury to do that. Uh, because we can rely on the other two to some extent to pick up that slack. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at myself that well, one of the, I don't pick up the slack for you. And also ever. one of the projects that I actually started on my own blog, hardly the last word, right before we started the Christian Humanist blog, was a weekly reflection on the lectionary Bible readings. Uh, mm. That's something that I've continued with some regularity. You know, I miss weeks, obviously. Uh, but it's something I've enjoyed doing because it sort of exercises that preacherly part of my brain that I don't always get to work out. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the Christian Humanist blog. So, well, anyway, David, I, I mean, we're we're headed into definitely the second half of the episode here. So uh, maybe the last third of it, who can say? But one of my favorite essays about the internet age was actually written back in 1992, before the World Wide Web became ubiquitous the way it was you know for a decade or so and it's august momus's pop stars nine donko which is a great title uh but in that essay he famously predicts in the future everyone will be famous for 15 people (laughs) so riffing off of that riff on andy warhol's riff for a moment uh and entirely ignoring the fact that we are shamelessly pandering to our listeners uh, what sort of audience do you think our program has attracted? And, you know, who are our 15 people? 
And would you call this podcast something more like the work of public intellectuals, something more like self-important MySpace junkies, or something entirely different? Ugh. This is the hardest question. This right here, <laughs> audience. This is the hardest one. Um, because, well, and, and, and that's precisely why. Um, <laughs> because as soon as I get the question, I immediately think of our listeners. Um, and now I have to imagine myself into them, inhabit them, as Michael does. Um, Every day. I'm not, as, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not as good at that, I don't think. I'm a um, man of the people. I, uh, based on the comments that 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 I've read and feedback I've gotten from people I know who listen, um, a lot of the people who uh, who are our audience don't seem to be as much um, humanities people, which is interesting. Um, most of the list, most of the listeners that I've read or heard feedback from are coming at us from the from the Christian angle, from the, the the theology angle. And they may have some interest in in literature or particular authors or whatever. But um it it's it seems that the that the Christian half uh of our name is the one that that gets uh that's a more representative of our of of our our audience than the the humanities, uh, classical humanist half, um, and I think, and I think that's interesting, and um, I think it's actually kind of a good thing because I see it. You know, I've, I've, I see it as one of one of my callings, and I think you you guys do do as well um, to. Um, to persuade other Christians, or or to show that that the humanities can do do something meaningful um, within Christian community, that they can uh, they can enrich um, the life of, of, of the Christian community, um, and so we seem to be attracting a, an audience of generally Christian people who maybe maybe we are persuading them that way. Um, I do think it's it's interesting though because I I don't see myself as someone like the guys who do Christ the Sinner or Homebrew Christianity or any of those other kind of theology blog or podcasts. I, I don't I don't think of myself that way. Um, I think of myself of as a, as a guy who happens to be a Christian, who's mainly an English guy, and talks about that stuff, but. It seems as if we attract the same kind of listeners as those other podcasts. Anyway, I, I, I think that's neat. Um, but that, that, that maybe that can also point to what our role, um, this, this podcast's niche, um, seems to be that if, if that's the kind of audience that we're attracting, maybe, maybe that seems to be the, what, we've, what we're perceived as doing. Um, I'm not really sure what that whether we should do anything differently. Um, I just think it's interesting. No, we're I mean, not going to change, David. Please. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, would you? I mean, does that does that sound fairly uh, plausible? What Have I inhabited our audience? No, and and <laughs> I, I think you're I think you're largely right there, David. Um, I think we mostly have a. Uh, non-specialized audience of of uh thinking christians and uh i was just looking at our uh podcast listeners also subscribe to page on uh itunes i remember when we first started we used to have a lot of atheist podcasts and now we don't have any so i don't know what that says about us if our if our (laughs) and they thought oh all right another humanist podcast Right, I think the name does confuse people. And again, while I was when I was interviewing at Crown, they uh they told me they enjoyed our uh oh what was the term they used? Button pushing, I think, with the with the title. And I thought we weren't really pushing any <laughs> buttons. That was the no, we're, we're reclaiming a button that should have been ours. That's right. <laughs> we were describing ourselves accurately. I thought. <laughs> no doubt. 
So, I mean, what we really should be doing is asking the listener to tell us about themselves, uh, because... I think they do to some extent. The statistics tell us that about, I don't know, 10 to 15 times more people listen than comment on the blog. So, I mean, there must be a, a, a rather large reservoir of listeners who we who, about whom we know nothing. Mm-hmm. So, we would love to hear from you, person Absolutely. out there. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, David, I think you're right that, I mean, generally speaking, we probably draw in the Christian listener. I mean, and, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that the three of us are Christian college professors. You know, that is the life we're interested in leading. Uh-huh. Uh, that's where we work, you know. Uh, I do think that, you know, our audience tunes in, and I mean, I'm judging this, you know, based on comments we've gotten, you know, both on the Facebook page and on the blog uh, and emails to the podcast. Uh, we are a show that people listen to and there's the potential to be surprised. Mm. And I think that's important because, I mean, you know, for instance, you know, I don't think anyone's going to take my bet if I say, you know, I'll lay down $10 right now that a trip fuller won't radically disagree with the next person he interviews, you know, (laughs) and I love me some trip fuller. Don't get me wrong trip. If you're listening, I love you, man. But you know, his show tends to be a very affirming show, a very, you know, non-confrontational show. Likewise, you know, you can pretty much predict, you know, what's going to happen in a lot of the podcasts out there. I think ours, judging by the comments that people have written, you know, uh, we start to go off one direction and then, you know, someone who is sort of a Nathan Gilmore listener who went to seminary and, you know, who has the academic biblical studies background is going to run headlong into, you know, Michael Farmer, the Presbyterian Bardian, you know, and likewise, you know, someone who's sort of a, you know, a a David Grubbs listener, you know, the conservative evangelical, you know, when Nathan the crazy wannabe Anabaptist starts talking, it's going to catch him a little bit off guard, right? So, I mean, I think that, you know, again, you know, Michael made fun of me for claiming variety earlier, but I think that within that broad Christian audience that David talks about, I think that because we have that potential to surprise people still, I think we're still a show that people come back to. That you being said, David, <laughs> or, be, you know, Michael, do you want to mock me some more? No, I don't. Um, but I, I do want to point out that when we do have guests on, which doesn't happen very often, but we, we do have guests on, we don't, we don't tend to radically disagree with them. <laughs> Yeah, that is true uh, enough. That is true enough. Well, you don't beat up your guests, right? And and, and so I, I'm defending Trip Fuller is what I'm saying. Okay, right. <laughs> so, so see, Trip, I'm 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 the jerk, and Michael's the hospital. Yeah, I'm I'm the, I'm the hospital one. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, Michael, since you're being hospitable, uh, I'm going to give you a chance here to go WikiLeaks on us and embarrass ourselves with disclosing classified conversations. Uh, what sorts of projects have we Christian humanists been dreaming about lately? Uh, and what could our mo- more optimistic listeners hope for uh, once we finish these blasted dissertations and potty train our children? Theme parks. <laughs> A chain of theme parks that go across the country, every state. The Christian humanist theme park. The David Grubbs log flume. The Nathan, <laughs> Nathan Gilmore wild mouse roller coaster. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Just don't buy the stuffed animals. Uh, um, Nathan and I have been discussing putting together some sort of peer-reviewed academic journal, the Christian Humanist Journal, I suppose is what it would be, where uh, it would be a, you know, honest-to-goodness academic journal with uh, where honest-to-goodness academics would write articles and get them published and then be peer-reviewed. And uh, so that's one thing we've talked about. Another thing we've talked about, and... uh, I think this is interesting if we could ever make it happen, is some sort of conference that would straddle the divide between academic and layman. So you would have mm. academic folks presenting papers, and at the same time you would have the middle-brow layman, who, the, the sort of person who doesn't write academic papers but nevertheless enjoys this show and other ones like it, would be able to come and, and hear a variety of lectures, have some discussions, uh, that that sort of thing. Um, so those are, those are the two th- big things... Uh, 
that, that I, I, I hope will happen somewhere down the road, although we have no immediate plans for them. If anybody wants to help us make that happen, that would be, a, right. <laughs> be great. Especially if they wanted to pay for it, arrange, and uh, yeah. put together everything. If you have any wealthy listeners, uh, <laughs> yes. we'd be more than glad to take the funding to start either of these projects up. Am I leaving be, anything out? Be our sugar daddy. That's right. Oh, sugar mom. <laughs> no, I mean, that, those are sort of the big, you know, pipe dream projects that, you know, really are becoming less and less of pipe dreams because, you know, really once our dissertations are finished and all three of us are ABD at the moment, uh, uh, it's something that, you know, I think all three of us could benefit from professionally, right? I mean, if we had in our promotion materials, you know, that we are executive editors of, you know, the Christian Humanist Journal, you know, I think that that's something at this point, it's not something like, you know, the 16 year old saying, yeah, man, someday we're going to have a rock band. But, you know, it's more like. <laughs> well, I forgot about uh, the Christian humanist rock band. That's right. Oh, it's, yeah. It's more like something, hey, you know, this is something that we're already doing. It definitely interests us. You know, we could definitely take this to the next step and do some interesting things for larger intellectual communities. And I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I think it's pretty great be at that point in our careers and our lives that we can actually start thinking about these projects not as yeah man someday we're going to do it but hey let's start thinking about how we're going to do this and you know if, if we did the journal it wouldn't be a literature journal it would be across the discipline so anybody we could have historians we could have philosophers theologians of course literary critics any, any anything like that mm-hmm. and I, I don't think there's a journal like that out there right now although maybe there is and i'm just not aware of it and if there is, listeners, by all means, comment on the blog, write an email to the, thechristianhumanist.gmail.com. Let us know about it so we don't embarrass ourselves. Well, and also so we can read it, because that yeah, would be cool. Yeah, right. yeah, true enough, true enough. Well said, sir. <laughs> well, David, now that you're speaking well, I'm going to return to one of our august traditions here at the Christian Humanist Podcast and end with a takeaway question. So starting with David and going around the horn... Uh, what sorts of things have you thought about differently since starting this podcast? And what, if anything, does our little modest project say about what Christians can do or ought to do or probably would be better off not to do online? Mm. David, you go first, then we'll head over to Michael. Um, things that we do, things that I uh, think about differently. Um, I mean, there, there are some things that our conversations have uh, changed my mind on. Uh, there are many, many more things that our conversations have uh, finessed in my mind, so to speak. Um, you know, I haven't always necessarily changed my position, but I've um, gotten more uh, more insight into what the the place I inhabit looks like from another perspective and um, have maybe uh, gotten a little more uh, experience at trying to make my position look better from that other perspective. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, the whole iron sharpening iron thing, and I, and definitely this is this has sharpened me. I think I think I'm a much better uh, arguer a much better speaker off the cuff. Um, much better at, uh, I think related, relating to, uh, uh, to you guys from, from the kind of the backgrounds that you represent. I think I, I feel much more comfortable in, in dialoguing about my differences with, um, Oh, Bardians or NT right fans or, or Democrats or whatever, you know, um, or whatever it is that you happen to be, Nathan. I've never been able to pin that one down. Um, you and me both, David. You and me both. <laughs> yeah, you're still. You still haven't found what you're looking for. Um, well, you do. Anyway, <laughs> it's because the streets have no name. It's hard to oh. hard to find. Um, I could live with or without that joke. <laughs> yeah, we're. Right. I'm going to stop that now. Um, Our audience is getting vertigo. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, oh, and that one's snuck up on me. Um, <laughs> Mofo. <laughs> Boy. So anyway, uh, what, what things do I do differently? Uh, the, 
the the fact of the conversation, the conversation that takes place within um, differences that are for me important. Um, we we already talked about that from the perspective of some listeners, our differences may not seem as significant, but to us they're big. From where each of us sit, um, some of our differences are pretty are pretty large from from where we stand. And our um, that. Do what? And our listeners confirm that. Yes. So, uh, and, uh, the, and that has that has changed uh, that has changed the way I, the way I think. Just that that conversation out of difference. Now, what does our project say about what Christians can, ought, or are better off not doing online? Um, I guess this shows that uh, the internet is a good way to uh, can be can be a good way to do that conversation. Um, however, I want to jump straight into the better off not doing online part of it, uh, to point out that the three of us did not find each other in, on a message board right? or on some kind of team blog or whatever. Um, the community online tends to be very self-selected and divided along, uh, ideological or factional lines. Um, at least it seems to me, if we were a podcast in, of three guys who found each other through an internet forum, odds are we would be much more alike. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did we meet each other? In a real live actual community of living, breathing human beings occupying the same space, which happened to be Park Hall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um now, granted, we were all in English PhD programs, so there definitely was a kind of self-selection going on. But there still is that uh, the kind of diversity that you find in a live community, rubbing shoulder or rubbing elbows with actual people, rubbing shoulders—that would be weird. Uh, rubbing elbows is a much better cliche. Um, rubbing elbows with actual people—that um, internet communities don't seem to generate. Um, if someone with my background had stumbled upon a sort of Michael Farmer's positions themed uh, internet forum um, and he was inclined to be uh, uh, less civil, um, the guy from my stances might have turned into some kind of a troll. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't have been a conversation, it would have been. Um, you know, a series of, you know, insults bouncing off of each other's hulls in a, you know, some kind of a faceless war of battleships. Um, as it is, we're fencing, so to speak. And in fencing, you find out much more about your opponent as a person than you do if we were in our faceless battleships, um, just hurling shells at each other. Um, so I guess that's that's one thing that I that I would say the is a weakness of online community in establishing this kind of discourse. Uh is it, it tend I don't think it tends to be as as diverse and there's something about the fact that I know what each of you guys looks like and I have relationships with you outside of this conversation that helps make the conversation civil because I know you're human beings. Right. Not not like um, you know, Calvin is as always wrong sixty-seven, <laughs> or something. How did you know my old handle, David? I it was it was I just made a stab at that one. I mean, Mike, thoughts? How about you? I agree with most everything David said. I just want to add one personal, concrete anecdote. Um, I am teaching freshman comp for the first time in a couple of years. Uh, I guess I start next week by the time you're listening to this, but uh, my freshman comp class is designed almost entirely around our Richard Weaver triptych. I, I designed it after after having those conversations, so it really has had a uh, impact on the way I do my, I go about my business, and uh, I hope it, I hope it's done the same for some of our listeners. Um, I hope I hope they've been able to open, it's opened uh, some new avenues of thought for them the way it has for me. Alright, and to answer the what I think about differently, I mean, one of the things that 
actually having these recent con- conversations about you know the possibility of an online peer-reviewed journal, some sort of you know mixed genre conference. Uh, really, when I was at the University of Georgia in the world of publish or perish, I could think of nothing I was looking forward to more than getting away from the, the culture of academic travel, academic publishing, mm. all of that sort of thing that you know seems to value anything that gets you away from teaching as inherently good. Uh, but, I mean, really... This project, because it is a public project, it's not something that happens within the confines of Emmanuel College, uh, has really helped me to reimagine what a public intellectual life could look like that differs from the tenure mill, to use a very crude expression. And so, I mean, I think that's probably what's changed in my imagination more than anything from recording this show. Now, as far as what Christians could do, can do ought not to do. Um, You know, I think that some of the episodes uh, that I've moderated, I'll go ahead and say that right up front, that have flopped most poorly are the ones where I tried to steer the conversation too heavy-handedly with my show notes. I mean, I'm I'm guessing my doing the same thing, not you doing it. Excuse me. Excuse me. Now who's hospitable? Quite that that sudden an amen. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm Uh, sorry, I was talking about... You know, that has influenced the way that I think not only about podcasting, but also about teaching. And that is that if you leave that space for the conversation to go places you didn't anticipate, it's going to end up being a better conversation. Well, at any rate, guys, I'm taking a look at the time. Uh, I want to go ahead and start heading towards the end here. I want to thank Michael Farmer, Assistant Professor of English, David Grubbs, Professor of English. Uh, next week's episode, David, I believe it's your turn. What's our topic? I, I haven't the faintest idea. <laughs> ah. What this means is you'll have to tune in next week to find out what the episode's about. Until then, you can find us on the web at www.christianhumanist.org. You can email us at thechristianhumanist at gmail.com. As always, we would always be happy for you to give us a review or a five-star rating on iTunes because that's where people get the podcasts. And for the first episode of the fall semester of 2011, on behalf of Michael Farmer and David Grubbs, this is Nathan Gilmore telling you, as always, let your sins be strong, let your faith be stronger. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same that you laughed about Well the names have all changed since you hung around But those dreams have remained and they've turned around